Welcome to the Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross Brannan, guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. Ross Brannan is a financial advisor who knows it's not just about your teeth. He helps dental practice owners protect and maximize today's cash flow to plan for tomorrow's cash needs. Find him at rossbrannan.com. On the show, he brings together experts to help dental professionals looking to make smart money decisions to grow their income, turn their retirement goals into reality, and improve their lives. And now, here's your host, Ross Brannan. Welcome to the show. My guest today is Stuart Steinbach. Stuart is the Vice President of Corporate Business Development with ODL Orthodontic Lab. ODL is a family-owned business in Buffalo, New York, and provides orthodontists across the USA with a full range of traditional appliances and digital solutions. Stuart, welcome to the show. Thanks, Russ. So tell us a little bit about ODL, who they are, and what they do. Yeah, ODL is a, a phenomenal laboratory. We have about 100 years of tradition in the orthodontic space. Michael and Tom Wright, who own the business with their brother-in-law, Brendan. Michael and Tom's great-great-grandfather was actually the, in the second graduating class of Engel Orthodontics, who founded the study of orthodontics. Which, by and, the way, by, by the way, this was yeah. in 1902. For the for the listeners here, and I'm just trying to figure out how braces worked in 1902 because I'm sure it's a lot different than it was today. Oh, it, it had to be. It had to be. You know, I think what's what was unique is they were trying to figure out how to move teeth at the time, but really, their their great great grandfather Frank, he was not just worried about how do you move teeth, but how do you move teeth and make people feel confident at the same time. So, you know, it had to, it couldn't be, uh, you know, you just made them pretty and went on and occlusion was, was sort of secondary. It was, how do you get teeth in the right spot for function, but give them a smile that they were proud of and that they wanted to show off. Well, we know ODL started in the United States and not Great Britain. We know that for a fact. In fact, I'm not sure orthodontics have been introduced to Great Britain yet, have they? Uh, <laughs> if they have, it, uh, government services have kept them pretty much undercover. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, don't we? We don't get any hate mail from the Brits out there. So carry on. So hundred year over, like one hundred twenty years of history. This is fascinating. Yeah. So it went generation by generation with with orthodontist in the family, and uh, you know, Mike and Tom's dad was a little bit different. He was an auto mechanic. And he was actually selling like snap-on tools. And finally, he had re repossessed too many snap-on tools from his customers. And he's like, I, I just can't keep doing this. There's a better way to, to provide for my family. And he started working with his father, making ortho appliances and, and grew the business out where both boys grew up in the business, loved the business, and about five years ago, bought bought their father out. Wow. All right. So, so kind of... Tell us in layman's terms, what do you guys provide? What, is, what does ODL provide? Yeah, so we're full service. We'll do anything from your traditional holly retainers and removable appliances to laser-centered bands, fixed RPEs to aligner therapy. So we were actually one of the first labs to offer aligners back 15 years ago. We've been, we've been doing those for a long time. Now, with aligners, you see a lot of that being done in office now. Are you seeing that as well? Is that affecting that part of the business? We see a fair amount of it. You know, there's a lot of simple cases that it's absolutely appropriate for a, a general practitioner to keep in to keep in office. As you get more complex, then you know those are typically the cases that 
that are appropriate to refer out. But there's absolutely no reason that aligners can't be used in office to treat, you know, closing of diastemas, some simple, you know, sort of smile makeovers, uh, social sixes. Any, you know, I think Smile Direct Club, if they did anything, proved there's a lot of relapse cases out there that aren't that complicated to do. Well, yes, yeah, since you brought up Smile Direct yeah. Club, I've I've never heard a good thing about them. Um, besides, uh, they make it seem easy to do that. I mean, Smile Direct Club is almost like the best advertisement for an orthodontist. In your experience, how many people were coming back after trying Smile Direct Club? They had grand intentions, but they needed so, a little bit of help professionally. Yeah, we don't necessarily get insight into which of our, our doctor's patients are are um, coming back in for retreatment. But I, I think, to me, the aha moment for orthodontists and de- dentistry in general was there was this huge underserved population that wasn't going to go back for a traditional treatment plan and the prices that are being charged. So, you know, there's a, they didn't steal the pie. They really grew the pie. And I think that that's probably a, a great lesson to to take a look at that if you've relapsed, it's not worth another five grand or plus to go back and get retreated, but you still want to fix that smile. And so for simple cases, Smile Direct Club, as long as you follow the protocols will work. Absolutely. Absolutely. That doesn't mean that they're going to, you know, uncover, you know, perio issues that ought to be treated. They're going to take the proper x-rays to know that you don't have issues with, with roots that are going to cause trouble down down the road. So, you know, they're not the end-all be-all, but they certainly show there's a large percentage of the population that wants orthodontic treatment that isn't going to go into a traditional orthodontist office to get it. So talk a little bit about technology in the lab. Obviously, historically, it's, you know, been very labor-intensive uh, to, to do the type of work that labs do. But 3D printing, which is how you got your start with ODL, has had a big impact. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, if you go, it's sort of like in the Wayback Machines, right? Labs were doing aligners where they they take a stone model, they'd section it tooth by tooth. They'd sit there with wax and painstakingly manipulate it slowly, make a thermoform, manipulate it, make a thermoform. And, uh, you know, it was just an extremely laborious process to get to get an aligner treatment plan. And with printing and, and with software, you know, you've really been able to automate all of that into what we kind of just considered standard of care today, where we receive a treatment plan, we take a look at it, or we create it ourselves in, in office, and then we're able to print all the models sequentially. You know, it's still, <laughs> it's easy to make one set of aligners, it's hard to make a lot of aligners. But, you know, whether you're in a laboratory or in office, some of the trimming solutions that are that have come to bear really allow allow you to, to scale and be able to grow an aligner business. What do you see that differentiates you guys from other orthodontic labs out there? Well, I, first and foremost is always going to be our depth of clinical experience. So our clinical advisor is is Mike and Tom's uncle Doug. He was one of the early aligner therapy providers. He started back in 1998. He's done thousands and thousands of cases. So you know he is help keep us abreast of trends and clinical considerations and is always there for us to consult. And then beyond that, we do a lot with lean manufacturing, which gives the a dentist really quick turnaround times on their cases, whether it's aligners, fixed or removable. And then lastly, we're one of the most digital labs that's available. So in the ortho world, almost every office is using EZRX. And most may not know this, but 
Michael Wright actually wrote EZRX and created it. Oh wow! Um, yeah, so we're we're a very digital facility that allows you, you know, just the easy transmission of your prescription and information, notes, details that follows through the whole case. Yeah, the digital aspect of things really takes things to another level these days. And if you're not digital and you're still relying on physical molds and sending stuff via UPS or FedEx, that's that's really the lab of yesteryear, is it not? It is. It is. I mean, for us, 98% of all of our inbound cases are digital. So, you know, there's, I a, lot the of, there's a lot of labs out there that are still stuck in the arc, still stuck in the dark ages, aren't there? There are. No, I, there's still a lot of labs slinging plaster. Now, you know, like, you know, your listeners may not realize, but I, my family's business is Whitmix. We were the number one model material manufacturer in the, in the United States and in most of the world, like pouring stone put me through college. So, right. you know, and on the restorative side where I spent most of my early career, you know, still labs are seeing 80% to 90% of their inbound work coming in digitally. It's interesting. On the restorative side, it's the lab manufacturing that's gone digital. We're on orthos. It's really at the impression level, you know, it's such a high penetration rate, thanks to Invisalign and others, that almost all of our inbound is is digital. Hardly anyone does a polyvinyl or alginate impression anymore. Wow. That's really interesting. I mean, do you find every now and then you'll find a competitor or a lab who just is asleep at the wheel rather or stuck in 1985 and just isn't ready, isn't willing to make the switch from plaster to digital? I mean, I mean, it's kind of sad because that business, they're, they're putting themselves out of business, but do you see that a lot? You know, yes and no. I mean, I had a conversation with our sales rep yesterday who lives down in Florida and, and he's got a doctor that doesn't want to switch because his lab gave him a great price, but the staff can't stand working with them because everything has to come in with an alginate impression. So you still have those smaller, those smaller labs that are maybe great at bending wire that haven't invested in technology that are, that are still requiring an, an alginate or, or PVS impression to come in. So what kind of trends are you seeing in the industry? You guys are kind of on the front end, it sounds like. What are you seeing with the industry? Where are things going? What are some things people are starting to use that may not be mainstream yet? You know, I think the new resins that are coming out are really kind of starting to lead the way. Back 10 years ago, when I was doing a lot of sleep dentistry, there were a lot of appliances people wanted to make that were a combination of of metal and resin or metal and, and acrylic. And you just couldn't, you couldn't do that auto, in an automated fashion. But, you know, Keystone Industries with their Keystone Soft Splint gives us a material that really is adaptable. And the advent of software like Mesh Mixer that allows us to add features to a standard design coming out of 3Shape or ExoCAD really allows us to get creative with how we do appliance design today. So, you know, there's things along that route that are really advancing. When I, I just left Stratasys and was starting to see materials that are kind of what we consider the holy grail. So, you know, first early looks at, at materials that had the potential to become a true ceramic crown that was printed or even a, a, direct, a directly printed aligner. So I think now that we have enough, particularly on the ortho side, doctors that have adopted digital on the front end of the process, it really allows us to then start to digitize on the back end which ultimately will, will give them greater consistency, faster turn times, and, and better products. 
So let's change gears a little bit here. You've been in the dental industry, not as a dentist, but in the industry for quite a while. What advice would you give to an orthodontist? You know, find a lab that you can partner with and that's going to listen to you and be able to work with you. You know, I think all too often I've seen it's more of a financial transactional relationship. And when that happens, you lose the ability to have the, to get the soft side of the business. And as many cases as any one dentist is going to see, a lab is going to see 10 times more, you know, so they've seen so many different situations where they've got great advice that might be able to help with a given treatment or patient. You know, you just can't, you can't undersell that relationship of the doctor and lab working together as a team, as opposed to transactionally. What would you say to a general practice dentist wants to start dabbling orthodontics? Start trying a couple cases, start simple. You know, if someone has a diastema that they're not happy with and they want to close it up, or they've got a little bit of crowding on the lower, do a couple cases and, you know, be open to it. Be so often as humans, right, we want to stay in a comfort zone, but true growth only happens when we, we push ourselves or we allow ourselves to be pushed out of that. And I think that's, you know, that's very much true, right? We don't want to disappoint our patients. We don't want to try something that may fail. It was interesting on the early days of, of digital impressions. Funny enough, it was the older doctors that were adopting digital impression systems earlier than it was the younger doctors, where you think, oh, younger doctors, right? We grew up with technology. We're the computer age, but it was actually the doctor that wasn't afraid to look look a little silly in front of the patient, you know, and have fun and be vulnerable about it that were adopting digital impressions early on. So what would you say to a dental student or a fresh dental school grad who is intrigued by orthodontics but doesn't want to go to school for another couple of years? Yeah, I think either find an orthodontist that you can refer out to, but that is also willing to help teach you a little bit. You know, I think that's another partnership that can't be overlooked as well, right? When you refer out, it shouldn't just be, like I said, transactional. You know, you should be able to pick their brains and learn and and be able to grow from that experience at the same time. I mean, the one nice thing about orthodontics is it it's really hard to mess something up in that, you know, if the patient, if the appliance doesn't fit, if something isn't quite right, you can always stop treatment. You take, you pop it out of the mouth. So that's the one beauty as opposed to, uh, you know, putting and submitting in a really bad, badly fitting crown where you can, you can really change someone's life to the negative. That's a really good point right there. So what advice, I mean, you've been, like I said earlier, you've been around the block a while. You've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. And while you don't sit in the chair and can't speak directly to like, you should do things this way or that way, you've seen a lot and you, you've probably... You've seen a lot of mistakes. A lot of people have done things the right way. What advice in general would you give to a fresh dental school graduate? Yeah. So Gordon Christensen did a survey a number of years back, and he found that dentists learned about 30% of what they needed to know to run a practice in dental school. Oh, is, so, that, much? is that much? <laughs> yeah, it was only 30%. So That's high. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe schools have gotten better, but I, you know, they keep trying to fit more and more into a curriculum that's already overcrowded. And, you know, I think you got to become the consummate student that, you know, graduation is just a milestone along a, a really, really long journey. Right. It's I have a cousin who's a who's a general dentist. You know, she ended up working for in corporate dentistry. And the beauty of that was 
she basically got like an AGD. You know, they sent her to more continuing ed classes than she ever would have if she had bought a practice and tried to practice on her own. So, you know, being a consummate learner and being open to fresh new ideas and trying and finding a coach if you can, when and where you can, right? Who's that experienced dentist who will kind of take you under their wing to teach you? Because we all love this profession and we all want to help each other and pull each other up for the most part. So, Well, I think it's a really good point because, you know, like you said, you're not really learning anything about business. It's all clinical. And next thing you know, if you go buy a practice, then, you know, you're like, uh, it's really trial by fire unless you're working as an associate for somebody or working in corporate dentistry and then going to do that. So uh, there's not necessarily a wrong or right way to, to get your start, but it is going to be the school of hard knocks for many people. So, oh, yeah. I, I mean, I do woodworking on the side, right? And so I could be the best the best at making tables, the best at, at chairs, you know, and most people sort of get into that, right? Because they really love it. Like, oh, I'm going to make a career out of this. But that means you have, that still doesn't mean you have any business trying to, <laughs> trying to run a woodworking shop. Right. No, for sure. So if someone wanted to work with ODL, how, how do they get in touch with them? What would, what would be the best thing to do? Yeah, we've got a couple different ways. We try to reach you or, or meet you wherever you are. So we have one thing we do that's a little bit unique is we use an onboarding concierge. So kind of like uh, when you first met your spouse, right? You went on a couple of dates, but it really wasn't until you knew that Friday, you didn't have to ask, what are we, are we going to do something Friday night? You just knew you were. And so we want to help you get over those first few awkward dates of, of working with the laboratory. And so we have an onboarding concierge. So it'll be your single point of contact. We'll make sure we understand the w- certain way that you like, like your appliance to fit or to look or, or anything unique. But in general, what you do is you can call us at 800-837-1552, and that'll put you directly in touch with our customer service department, who will then start the onboarding. Uh, if you like to text instead, you can always text us at 716-839-1900. Or from our website, when you click on the doctor's tab, that'll take you directly to a special site that has all of our pricing how to do aligner therapy, as well as how to submit your first case. And it'll actually walk you through the steps required and a couple easy clicks to get started with ODL. I mean, that seems, I mean, that's, that's pretty turnkey. It seems, seems pretty easy. It is. We've invested quite a bit on the front end to allow dentists or, or orthodontists to quickly be able to submit cases and get signed up with EZRX to be able to send us their, all their digital impressions. Well, this has been a very interesting conversation. You know, we've never actually had an orthodontic lab on the podcast. So you're the first, and it sounds like you very well might be the best. And so that's pretty <laughs> that's pretty uh pretty impressive. In five generations is something to say. I do wish I could go back in time 120 years and see the orthodontics back then. I'm sure we might all cringe at some of the things, but you never know. <laughs> I think we'd all cringe quite a bit, and thankfully we live in today. Yes. Well, Stuart, thanks so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate your time today. Yeah, likewise. Thank you. You've been listening to the Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross Brand. This has been another episode of Financial Flossing with Ross Brannon, guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. For more on Ross Brannon, visit rossbrannon.com. 
This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS, Guardian, or North Florida Financial, and opinions stated are their own. External sites and material are provided for your convenience in locating related information and services. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees expressly disclaim any responsibility for and do not maintain, control, recommend, or endorse third-party sites, organizations, products, or services, and make no representation as to the completeness, suitability, or quality thereof. Ross is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ. 3664 Coolidge Court, Tallahassee, Florida, 32311. 850-562-9075. Security products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America. Guardian New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian North Florida Financial. Is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Arizona Insurance License 16139032. California Insurance License 0L10073. 2022-142407 expires 8:24. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.